Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human Podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. Oh my god, it's been a while. Um, especially releasing a video alongside the podcast, it's quite unusual for me. But um, my business manager told me that I need to create videos and... Uh, <laughs> To be honest, I'm scared of her, so that's why I'm doing it. No, I'm only joking. Now, those of you that have been listening to the podcast for quite a while will know that, that I have this affliction. And that affliction is I don't really hold life very tightly. I have um, an irreverent sense of humour, as Linda Pettit would say. I have always been that way. So you can imagine my delight when I was approached by my guest today to add a chapter to the book that she was putting together from women of all ages, all shapes, all sizes, all backgrounds, all colours, all religions. And she asked me to contribute a chapter talking about work talking about a situation where I had an insight where my thinking was dark and moody and broody and quite scary to a moment where everything seemed so much lighter, so much brighter and action-packed full of humour. This book is called A Life Less Serious and it was launched on International Women's Day on March the 8th this year. Now, it's a wonderful, wonderful book written by, as I said, many, many women. But the woman who was behind this book is a lady called George Halfin. George is a powerhouse and I keep saying this to her and she just laughs at me. And to me, that is a testament to her and the way that she has handled creating this book, bringing together all of these authors marketing the book, creating all of the, you know, sort of the branding and everything to do with that whilst holding down a job and whilst being a mother to two children. Um, and being a mother to two children who in the, 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 the run up to the launch of the book, there were many adventures, uh, some of which required plastic surgery, <laughs> some of them required all sorts of other things. So, George, I am absolutely delighted that you are joining me here today on the Unashamedly Human podcast. And I'd love you just to let people know a wee bit about who you are, where you live and what you do for a living at the moment. Yeah, thank you, Jackie. Well, it's a real honour to be here. And I love the title Unashamedly Human. <laughs> it really speaks to me like, like the book you said spoke to you. So it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm George Health and I live in... Um, London in, in the suburbs of London and um, our, for a day job I work for a national tar- charity as um, a project manager like managing campaigns and services um, and um, and then in my spare time I'm also a well-being innate health coach but that to me expresses itself through my um, involvement in a in a charity called Nissan Hashim which is a Jewish Muslim women's network and I'm a co-chair of an online group with another innate health coach. Um, and, and we also run wellbeing drop-in sessions for women once a month. That's gorgeous. And you have two children. 
I have two children, primary school age children. One's about to make transition, so that's also going on at the moment. <laughs> Oh my- at the same time as the book as well, just to add to the fun, oh. it's all kicking off in all directions. What can I say? <laughs> and you're still laughing, which is oh my god, it's a welcome, a welcome uh, <laughs> thing to hear. That I, I look back at some of the things with our kids and what happened, and you know what I was was going through, and it's just like oh my god, you do need a sense of humour when you're going through life. You really do. Otherwise, it just all becomes so heavy and difficult and dramatic. Anyhow. How did this book come to mind, George? What happened? So um, I was, um, it was during the first lockdown and I got furloughed from my job and um, and I love being a mum, but I also like working. <laughs> I, <laughs> I understand. Like, I, 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 I have a bit of both. I'm very lucky. I work four days a week and quite flexibly. And and so I, I really, I, I guess I think a lot of my identity was probably wrapped up in, in my role as a, a working person as well as with the kids but um so it was a bit of a shock to be furloughed and um and then obviously I was like most a lot of parents reluctantly homeschooling my kids because let's say that was kind of shock too although amazing learning experience and we got to know our kids a lot better and see their needs a lot better which has helped down the line so actually it was in in retrospect even though challenging us being really beneficial um for, for for my kids and for us so um so I was furloughed and I was sort of hiding in my phone as a lot in looking at my WhatsApp messages while I was supposed to be playing with kids. And, and I wasn't really present to what was going on. And, and also my husband's job was kind of in flux. And I was kind of, you know, like a lot of people, I think at the time, kind of questioning things. And um, and I was kind of getting, I could see that I was kind of in my head and I really wasn't present to I remember I was in a park and I think I was playing football with the kids or something, but I was hiding in my phone and I really wasn't present to my kids or the beauty of the surroundings around me. And, and I also saw that, like, you know, there's a lot going on, but a lot of that's going, doesn't help that I'm just in my head about it because then I don't see the possibilities. And I, I really saw that. And then, um, and maybe I'll read a bit from the book, if that's all right, Jackie, because I heard something very powerful. I'll just get the page up. Um, I should have marked it. And then in April 2020, and I'm just going to read it from the book because I want to, I was very careful to use her, the person's words. And so I want to reflect that on this. So, and then in April 2020, I had the opportunity to hear a talk by an inspiring African-American woman whose teenage son had been mistakenly stopped by police on the way to school and handcuffed for 30 minutes while they were on the lookout for a suspect in the local area. It has really affected him in ways she was concerned would impact how he would react in the future if something like this happened again. She was very upset by this because she could see that what happened had taken something away from her son's value as a person. So he felt he was now the typical young black male statistic. But instead of staying bothered by this, she went beyond her serious thinking and she was able to interpret what had happened as an unfortunate, innocent situation. She phoned up the local police station and reached out to them. She explained to the police what had happened and told them she needed them to come round to her house to talk to her son. And she didn't want it to be that next time he came in contact with them, he would act out of fear without clear judgment because he felt like he was being attacked or they were messing with him. So the police came round and together they were able to defuse the situation. Her son was better able to understand that it was the system and not personal. 
And, and that story had a really big impact on me because I saw it in it, the power of going on beyond your serious thinking and what impact that could have in the world. And I thought if that mother could be in touch with her wisdom in such difficult circumstances and do that, what would be possible in the world if more of us were able to have see fresh ways of dealing powerfully from life with life from a place of wisdom and insight rather than the place of fear and habitual thinking? And I could, and it just was just such a such powerful effect on me that I and, and and because you know, like Jackie, I've been in this conversation that you're on on this podcast for for I think almost twelve years now actually. And, and, and I, I'm very lucky that I knew a lot of women who had been in difficult situations and seen beyond their serious circumstances and the difficult circumstances and, and had seen a different perspective to deal with them or seen them in a new life, like Jackie described with her, her business meeting. And I just thought, well, what a gift that would be to the world right now if, if, if we could share those stories. And, and because I happen to be very lucky to know lots of, of, of people with stories like that, I, I just felt actually I was compelled to do it. It wasn't it, it wasn't something I chose to do. I was compelled to do it. I, I remember I wrote the the idea up at three o'clock in the morning, and then I couldn't obviously didn't have the capacity to do anything about it till about six months until the kids were back at school and things had calmed down. And then I started, you know, speaking to people I knew, and one conversation led to another, and 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 gradually I got got you know. I had to actually, I mean, I had to actually stop having conversations. I got quite addicted to having these amazing conversations because I could have gone on and on uh, once I knew I had enough of the book. And, um, and that's, that's how it kind of came about. I, I, I love that. What you're talking about, George, there is it was insight and inspired action. You couldn't stop yourself. It's like a nudge that just keeps nudging you sometimes quite forcefully. Sometimes it's just a gentle nudge. But with you, it sounds as though this was a nudge that just would not go away. And I, I love that. And to be fair and honest with you, George, I've been asked to write chapters for many books and I've never done it. I've always respectfully declined, but there was something about what you were putting together that meant so much to me as a mother of three daughters who are now in this different phase of their life in their 20s. And it's really curious to me that, you know, when, when they were living at home with us, you got to see what was going on with them. And then when they go away to university and they start living their lives, you know what's going on, but you don't know as much. And all of a sudden they'll come out with a story and you're like, oh, if only they had been able to see this more clearly. So I have bought copies for all of my daughters and I have copies that I will be giving to clients as well. And while you were talking, I actually in my mind was like, this is just the first one. <laughs> do you know what I mean, George? Yeah, I, I do. And it's it's kind of funny because, you know, it has been an investment not only in time, but obviously mm -hmm. in, in savings to do it. Um but I do, think it, even though I, my, in my head, I kind of want to resist that. Because <laughs> it has been, you know, to say it was a monumental effort is probably an understatement. There has been a lot of five o'clock in the mornings to get this done because I have a day job. I have kids. You know, there's been a lot to get this out there. And, and, I, and, and you know, and in a way, this is just a start because we need to, you know, get it to as many people as possible. And, and it's, it's going to be a, a, I think a process. And, and it's funny because it's like you, with all of this, it's also, for me, another way of living. It's living from, from what feels right and going with one step at a time, you know, and it's, it's a very, and I think it's quite funny because, you know, in my job as a project manager, 
I, you know, have to plan everything and schedule everything. And, and yes, you know, you'll see in my chapter, I've written about how I used to do work and how I do work now and how I'm much more comfortable than the unknown. But this is even more than that, because I've, I've never launched a book before. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I know how to market things, but it's very different marketing a book. And, um, but I just have this great trust that things will emerge and just follow, follow it one step at a time and see what happens. And I, I think that's been the case with the book, because I had an idea of who I was going to contact, and then people said, "Oh, what about this person?" And then it felt right to speak to them, and it led to, and so as a result, we've got this beautiful collection of, of people from very different voices that perhaps wouldn't have happened if I just stuck to this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. So no, again, George, is is you're listening, you're listening to what what needs to be done. <laughs> Excuse me listening to what needs to be done rather than constructing what you think needs to be done and I always find that when when I get in that space of that I know what needs to be done but not I know what needs to be done if you know what I mean that is coming from ego and intellect rather than my heart and my soul that that things don't flow smoothly that, that I get in my own way that there's there's all sorts of agitation and frustration and with the understanding that you and I talk about the three principles it's really really obvious that it's a journey knowing this yeah. understanding is a journey you know it's not a one and done you don't have one insight and your life completely changes I mean because to me you know it just it just does not work like that there are multiple insights into the one topic that deepen and deepen and deepen and deepen your understanding and so when you just go along with the flow and the ride you get to see that and you get to see what that's like I'd like to share um you asked a, a couple of really gorgeous souls to read the book and to give you, you know, a little pre of what they thought about it. And the one that really, really speaks to me is one from Mara Gleason, who's the co-founder of The One Thought. Um, um, no, she used to work at One Thought. She's <laughs> co-founder of uh, The One Solution Foundation in Chicago. Mara says, have you ever found yourself in a park bench or an airplane seat talking to a complete stranger, but finding that their life story unfolded effortlessly and you just felt this incredible closeness to them, an acknowledgement of your shared humanity? You don't know them at all, but somehow you know them. Elements of their story are your story. The loneliness, the beauty, the struggle, the healing, this beautiful book reads like a collection of those kinds of experiences. Sometimes it's nice to read books written by writers or philosophers or experts, but sometimes it's nicer just to hear the unpretentious, unpolished stories of our fellow beings. I found a lifeless series to be like the closeness of spirit I've been missing and longing for in these strange pandemic-induced quiet times. Pour yourself a cup of tea or a glass of wine and enjoy the heartfelt truths that are so authentically shared by the women in these pages. And as I said, that was written by Mara Gleason Olson, co-founder of the One Solution Foundation, which is a Chicago-based, globally active nonprofit whose mission is to uncover human resilience and open hearts and minds. I just fell into that description because that was my experience of being asked to write a chapter and then being gifted the you know the unpublished book to have a look at it and read other people's stories George it you know for me what you've got on your hands here is 
a chicken soup for the soul. (laughs) Honestly, to me, that's what you have. It's to be able to fall into that space and relax with like-minded souls who are on the same journey as you or I. And thankfully, they've seen that innate wisdom that lies within each and all of us. And they didn't need to go in courses to find it out. They just, they have it. And they listened. And they didn't second guess themselves. Yeah, I'm quiet because I'm very moved. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm very moved whenever I read, you know, the reviews and when people write to me. And I'm also very moved because I've read the book many times and I continue to get so much from reading the book. And it's funny, you know, I, I hired a professional proofreader and she didn't know anything about the principles and she said it really moved her. Uh, um, and so I'm, and I'm very moved that you, you think it, it's like there's a great, no greater compliment than you saying that it's, it's like that book. Um, and for me, you know, I think from the conversation you were saying before, I mean, there's, there's so much to, to what Mara said, but I think the people in the, the, the people, it's just an authentic people sharing their authentic truth and stories warts and all what's happened to them. And I think all of us have born, born our souls in a way in the book. And, and for me, it's really interesting because, you know, I, think, I see myself up against my serious thinking day in, day out, moment to moment. I mean, you know, it's, it's an on, like you say, Jackie, it's an ongoing thing. But, I, you know, and even you said, I think you said about, you know, going step by step to getting in your head. Well, I'm in and out my head all day long. I can tell you. Me too. I should be doing. I'm not doing. I should have done. How you know all that stuff, all in and in day in day out, day in day out. But it's a seeing, isn't it? It's just a seeing, and I and I think that's the beauty is that when you when you see it, then somehow it's, it has less power over you, and you Absolutely. and and yeah. Absolutely, George. I and I think that's a wonderful a wonderful point that you're making because. The more that we learn about our being and that our body communicates with us, like we might not be aware that we're lost in thought. We might not know that we're lost in thought, but our body communicates with us and it lets us know. And we all know what that feels like. Each and all of us know what it feels like to be stressed, to be anxious, because at some point in our life, we've attached a label to a certain way of being, a certain feeling that we've had. And to sort of turn the page slightly and say to yourself when that comes back up again is, oh, I have a feeling that I'm feeling anxious or I have a feeling that I'm feeling stressed. And instead of going into the content of why am I feeling that way, you accept that that's the way you're feeling and you just recognise that it's an invitation, an invitation for wisdom to come through you, to be somewhere else in your head or to do something or to eat or to sleep or to to whatever and the more that we recognize that in ourselves the more that we can recalibrate yeah and it's incredibly important to learn that emotional regulation yeah yeah. Because most of us get into that feeling and then we get into fight or flight because we're trying to fight our way out of it instead of oh okay 
Yeah, or we think that because we're anxious about something, it means that we really should be anxious about it. I mean, that totally was the way I used to be. You know, I, you know, before I learned, you know, started, you know, un- uncovering all this, I-, I used to live in a lot of anxious thinking and have lots of palpitations about all sorts of silly things. In fact, in fact that's how I kind of realised something was resonating with me. You know, I'm not someone, I think like you, Jackie, you you found I know you had a similar experience to me that it's been a drip 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 of evolution and that's totally how it was with me I mean I how I heard about this understanding was I was actually working <laughs> for a charity that that taught it and I was I organized their first ever conference and I I thought I was pretty sorted I you know I you know I, I didn't know that you know how much I was in my head and how much I was taking things seriously to the degree that you know when they delivered the chairs to the conference I went to, I said, I can't disturb my colleagues, I'm, I'm going to get them. And I ran into the door and smashed my face in and what, welcome people to the Wellbeing Conference with two black eyes. But to me, that was like, that's how you did work, wasn't it? You took it very seriously, you ran around like a headless chicken and you were doing your job. But mm-hmm. I didn't realise there was another way. And and I, I remember that, you know, I used to listen to lots of this and it didn't, I couldn't get past my intellect because I was so living in my intellect. But I do remember I was on a bus once and and I started uh, to worry if I'd left the door, lock the door or something. It was a habit I had. And, and I remember that I started to feel quite anxious and thinking about it. And normally I think, oh, then I really need to be anxious about it. But I noticed that I was a bit tired. And I thought, well, maybe I'm just tired. And it just went. And to me, it's, that's what it is. It's just a seeing. Yes. It's just a seeing. Yes. Oh, George. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, again, it's like it, it, it's... Even from my own life, I saw this with my daughter yesterday and my daughter saw it with herself. And this is this is the power of story. And again, this is what I love about the book because it will encourage other women to say, me too, me too. And then they'll talk to their friends. I read this story. Oh, me too. Do you have that experience? Is this is what happens with you? You know, my daughter yesterday uh, found out that her husband has COVID and she's pregnant with another baby. She's 22 weeks pregnant and she's got a two, an almost two-year-old. And she went from A to Z <laughs> in the emotional Richter scale <laughs> for about four or five hours. And she realised she was tired but it took her a while to get there because she was, you know, she was just bouncing all these ideas like their anniversary's coming up soon. Their anniversary's on the 23rd of March. And if you remember two years ago, that was the day we all went into lockdown in Scotland. <laughs> so she thought she was going to have this anniversary. And it's kind of like, no, because he's got COVID. You know, you're not going to be able to go where you wanted to go. And, um, you know, you have to protect yourself and the baby and try not to get COVID from him. And when I spoke to her this morning, she, she, she FaceTimed me and she had little Ailey tucked in her arm. The two of them are just sitting there and Ailey just obviously loving being with her mum, you know. And it was just beautiful. They both kind of went back down again, which is really, really nice. You know, that they, they, they got into this space of harmony and that space of harmony and calmness uh, is within all of us. And we don't need to have a meltdown. We can we can circumvent the meltdown, but it's equally OK to go into the meltdown, whether that meltdown lasts five minutes or 10 hours or a couple of days. There's learning and all of that. And that's what all of the stories exemplify, this very 
human experience and that's why I'm delighted to have you on the podcast you know because the more people realize how unashamedly human we all are and all of it's okay and all its colors and all its tapestries tapestries because there's learning there yeah and there's also listening I think what we were talking about before I remember um Tanya talked about it in her piece about menopause. She kept saying, my body, she, there was, she was telling her story and there's bits where she says, my body told me to do that, my body. So, and it's funny how we are not tuned into our bodies, but sometimes it does have, it has our best interests at heart. And, and she even says, my body told me to say that, <laughs> you know, to look after herself. Yeah. And it's really interesting. It's about tuning back in. Yes. Tuning back in. As a mum, George, I don't know if you were like me, but when, especially when I was pregnant with the girls, I really learned to tune into my body when I was pregnant. Really, really, really learned how to do it. I think it's probably the first time that I noticed it, that I had this incredible capacity to be communicated with by my body, but also by my thought processes. And I always remember saying to people, you know, when they asked about my labour, I remember saying to them, my body knew more about labour than I did. So I surrendered. Can't say I have that experience. Did you not have that one? Okay. No, I'm very grateful. No, I've got to say, I had I had a four-day labour in an emergency cesarean. But, so, but I was very grateful for my understanding in that I was able to take it moment to moment to moment even with that experience Mm -hmm. so yeah I it was yeah it was a slightly different but then and I I was really grateful for that because otherwise I could have just driven myself crazy during those four days which I didn't do I I was able to take it as it as it came Mm -hmm. Um, the breastfeeding was another matter I I really got in my head about that one I think most people I used to be a midwife so I didn't um, but yeah a lot of people do that too there's so much conflicting advice isn't it I mean there's another thing People give us advice so innocently, but really advice is just opinion, which is just somebody else's stale thinking. And unless it resonates with you at a level of knowing and wisdom, you know, there's no need to follow it through. And I know during childbirth and breastfeeding and bringing babies up, there's a lot of opinion (laughs) by all sorts of people around us. And again, if I reference this back to the book, Nobody's giving us any advice in this book. It's a, to me, it's a kind of like how to feel better about your life and not be serious without any advice, (laughs) which is incredible because each and all of the stories lead us to insight, our own insight. And that's a gift, George. Yeah, and it's funny you talk about that because I think I talk about in my my story about my work and and I really was someone who used to ask advice for, to everybody about everything because I, I didn't know my own mind. Yeah. Like I, I was so in my head about everything that I was pulled and I also wanted to do right by everyone. So I'd be ask everybody and be pulled in all different directions until I drive myself crazy because I wouldn't know what to do because I was so out of touch with yeah. what was inside, what, what was right for me. And I couldn't even bring myself to admit it because it was yeah. quite hard. And so I guess it's it's been a process of really getting much more in touch with that. So now I'm much happier to wait on things. To, and, and my husband and I, we're much happier to wait to see what feels right to us rather than try and work stuff out because we've learned 
there's not it's helpful from an intellectual point of view to understand the options but actually it's just information or what guides you is is what's inside and like you say you can ask advice to everybody but it's not gonna in the end it's, it, you have to tune into here and and I think you know a lot of us have got out of touch with what's in here and we're so living in there and I'm hoping that the book will help people to see that see beyond that yeah and the way that the book's constructed, George, means you can pick it up, read a chapter, or sit and binge, binge read it if you feel you want to. I kind of did, a, I've been doing a bit of both. I love the space that I fall into when I read more than one story, because there's that gorgeous thread of intuition and wisdom and love and resilience. There's just this space that you fall into when you read more than one story at a time, you see the commonality, you see the, the sameness. It's different content, different people, same feeling. Mm. Linda Pettit kind of says that too. She says, read one or two stories from a life less serious and you might be able to dismiss the woman essayists as out to lunch. <laughs> is unlike you I'll speak to her about that uh, read all of them and it's hard not to take them as well onto something each story describes how a psycho-spiritual understanding known as the three principles released love joy and wisdom from the writer's souls into their hearts and minds freer from seriousness and in the lightness of those beautiful feelings they brought needed spiritual medicine to relationships work and to the world and she says that love and insight colour every page. How lovely. Yeah, it's really it's beautiful. And what you were saying, I think I think it's been done with a lot of love. And I'm not just talking about me. I think everybody has written their pieces with love. And I think that shines through to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's almost like each of us has a story we wanted to share. In the sharing of that story, we wanted to pass something on to another soul. Mm. So it was done with a lot of love and a lot of heart and a lot of inspiration from you, George, for, for pulling all of this together. Now, I know that leading up to March the 8th, International Women's Day and the launch of the book, your life was to the outside world, maybe <laughs> not a life less serious. Can, can you explain oh, to us what happened oh, and, and how you dealt was, with that? Oh, it was very funny. I mean, it was quite, it was quite, well, there's, there's, there's the book and I, it was funny. I was doing an event on the Sunday before, I didn't tell you this before, but I was doing an event on Sunday before the book um, launched. So I had to get some advanced copies and I got the copies and then we put the Kindle uh, book up. And uh, then I noticed one of the URLs was <laughs> for Sid Banks' website. It was really funny. And Matt, my husband said, oh, I think Sid Banks would be laughing about that one. So we quickly corrected to put the right one up and it's fine. And I had to, you know, take these books with a little correction and explain and everyone thought it was very entertaining. Um, and then the day before the book was launched, I got a call, the call that we all dread from school. Can you come in? <laughs> can you come in uh your son's cut, cut his head okay so fine so we go in and he had really cut his head really badly bandage around it and um so it had to take him to accident emergency and they said it was too big to stitch there with scars so 
could go to the hospital the next day. So on the day of the book launch, um, they booked me in at 11 and, and my son, you know, was quite happy with an iPad playing, you know, kids like. So um, I took my computer and while I was looking after him, I was doing the social media from the waiting room at the hospital because we were there 11 till 4. Um, and then, and then, you know, they said that he, they said they had to use a needle at which point he behind a chair and then they said, oh, we better do it under general then. So they came back on Friday. So all that was going on while launching the book, um, which I find, I think it's, I mean, it's quite funny. I mean, thank God he's fine and everything's all right and it was really unpleasant, but um, it's just quite ironic. You know, you're launching a book called A Life Less Serious and you've got all that going on. Um, yeah. I remember you were messaging me and you're like, uh, I think you might need plastic surgery. <laughs> Go off, stop messaging me. <laughs> Just sort your life out for goodness sake. But I get that. And that, that's another sort of really, really important point. Um, George, is that we can be living with our life and we can be dealing with many, many, many different things. Okay. And we've got nothing on it. Yeah. So for example, I held an event in January of this year. I had nothing on it. And about three days before the event, you know, I was handling emails, I was doing all sorts of things, but I was also at my daughter's house looking after her and the baby because they both weren't very well. But I was handling it all. But people kept saying to me, oh, are you not stressed? Are you not really scared? And years ago, that was a drama that I would fall into and I'd have a comment about it. But it was kind of like, it felt alien. And it really just revealed to me more of where that person might be if the same thing was happening to them. Yeah. Which then filled my heart with compassion and empathy. It was like, oh, bless. Did you yeah. find that as well? Yeah, I did find that. And people were very, very kind and very, you know, very, very caring and, and were concerned and concerned, you know, how, how we were as well. And, and thank God my son was really, really amazing about it. And, and we were able to see it through. And, um, but I think you know, that we, we were able to go, just go with what was happening moment to moment and just just deal with it and not have anything on it. But then for me, I find the smaller things I get in my head about and I, I you know, find things to beat myself up about, like the silly typo with the book, I was really, I, I, I must admit, I did go for it to myself for about 10, 15 minutes and beat myself up over the head about it. How could I have not seen that? And then I sort of saw, had the space to think, okay, and then, work out what to do but you know if you what I've definitely seen that it's very easy to fall into that space where we're beating ourselves up about things or getting our head about stuff but then what I've learned is that when you're like that and you can't help yourself when you're like that of course but what I've seen is that there's no answers (laughs) so our vision gets very and so you know some you know I'm not saying so I you know I obviously get like that but then I drop out of it and then I know what to do but then sometimes I enjoy having the drama. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, the drama helps me feel alive sometimes. <laughs> Obviously not the drama of my son hurting himself, because that really was a drama I, I didn't want. No, and no, no. Kids all right. But um, I just mean the, the silly stuff. No, um, I no, I get it. People will <laughs> understand that, that you've you, you not got that is it Munchausen by proxy thing going on. You know, that, that when your child's ill and you want them to have all sorts of treatments because no, no, you enjoy that no. yeah yeah we're not going to go there no no it's the kind of thing like you know and, and I'm being jovial when I say things like I, I enjoy the drama now and again because it's an opportunity to wake up 
it's an opportunity to see things again. It's an opportunity to learn. And it's just so very human, very, very human to sort of to be in that moment, to have these experiences, to to fall into your, your humanness and to come back out of it again. And knowing that means that you're not scared of it when it keeps happening because it will keep happening. It yeah. doesn't stop. No. You bounce back quicker. You see it more quickly. You're able to decipher what's going on. And it, I mean, it does, to be fair, and I'm sure you'll agree, George, it, it happens less and less. It still happens, but it doesn't happen as often. Yeah, and it happens a shorter amount of time. And I think it's also that you have a lot more compassion for yourself and others, mm. like you were saying, as a result. Mm-hmm. Which is um, beautiful. Yeah. George, obviously with the podcast, I'll be giving the links and all the information for people to, you know, get a hold of the book if, if they choose to do so. But yeah. where where is it being housed at the moment? Where can people it's actually... It's being housed on Amazon. Um, if you search a lifeless series, you'll find it there. And then um, we're, we're doing some events to, you know, to meet the contributors and we'll, uh, you know, see. I, I really don't know what people, you know, it's early days to know what people are going to make of the book and, and what they'd like if they'd like to follow up conversations. And so there's thoughts of doing book clubs and, you know, but we really we're open to whatever conversations come up because we don't know what it's going to bring up for people. So it's just at the start, but you, you can get it on Amazon and, and there's a link at the end of the book if you're interested to find out more from the contributors or what we're planning or you want to carry on the conversation. There's a link to do that in there. Um, Excellent. And you're well. also on Facebook and you're on Instagram. And Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, on Instagram, we're releasing um, every few days. We're, we're, doing, we're putting some um, inspiration content from the book, but also some reflections on our, our serious thinking day to day as well. So um, you can keep up to date with that. Because there's there's There'll be some lovely insightful posts on that as well um, to add to the conversation. That's beautiful, George. Again, my comments about the book are, um, this is just the first book. There are many, many, many stories, and I'm sorry, George, but there are many, many, many stories that are out there. And to me, I see this as a series, very much like Chicken Soup for the Soul. It touches people's hearts and minds and and helps them see life in, in in a different way. And I'd like to congratulate you, George, for listening listening to the calling to put this together and to thank you for all the hard work and effort that goes into doing this because you are a powerhouse to have your job to have your family she's laughing at me to have your family to do all of this but you can be a powerhouse and have nothing on it do you know what I mean yeah people assume that being a powerhouse means that it's heavy and there's effort and it's difficult but when you follow insight and you follow the gentle nudges, you create what you're meant to create in the way that you're meant to create it. And what you have created is something really, really, really special. And I am, as I said, I've been offered many times to write chapters. I have never done it. And I was honoured to write a chapter for the book that you have put together and to be amongst the women and the, you know, the quality of women that have contributed to this book too. So well done, George. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Jackie, and I'm really grateful that you took part and the other women as well. It's been a real pleasure and an honour to get to know everybody, and and I hope this is just the start because we've got our own little community going, and I need all the help 
I can get, let's face it. <laughs> oh, don't we all, don't we all. George, thank you so much for being a guest on Unashamedly Human podcast. Love you to bits and I can't wait to see what you do next, even if it's a rest and a holiday, George. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. You could fly higher than the sky, shine brighter than the stars. You can live all you ever wanted. Yeah. You're cool